everyone. Welcome to HubShots episode 277, the episode about HubSpot top tips for April 22 edition. In this edition, we will dive into how to merge contacts in HubSpot, how to export contacts, how to pin notes to the activity timeline, and four tips for using views, plus how to send reminder emails in NPS surveys, plus a lot more tips. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks and strategies for growing your sales, service, marketing, and now operations results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search to Be Found and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm really well and really excited about this show. It's a bit of a change from our normal format. We're going to go rapid fire through some quick tips. And I thought it was worth highlighting that these are all just based on real world questions we've had from clients just in the last couple of weeks. Some of them might sound so simple, you think it's obvious. How do people not know that? And, you know, Ian, what I have to often remind myself in training sessions with clients is don't assume that because I know it, that they know it. It's a trap I fall into. I don't know if you fall into this trap, but it's kind of like, oh, of course they know that. But actually for a lot of people, you've got to go back to the basics. And this is not a criticism or anything. This is just normal with using a new piece of software. So we're actually going to go through some things in the show which might seem really basic and simple but I can almost guarantee some of our listeners will go, oh, that's news to me. Just because we've been working with clients, you know, some clients have been using HubSpot for a while and we point some of these things out and they're going, oh, that's great. So we want to share that with listeners. We'd love your feedback too, whether you think this is a useful show. Hit us up, reply to our show notes. By the way, where can they get the show notes, Ian? They can go to hubshots.com to get the show notes. And listeners, believe it or not, Craig and myself, last week, we spent a lot of time actually fixing up our own website (laughs) and fixing up a lot of the usability on the site. So well worth it. But also, we would love if you would help us grow on YouTube. So we've actually put a bit more effort into our YouTube channel and we would love you to subscribe and follow the channel to get the latest updates. And now we do do a few different things. You can see us on there. You can listen to the audio version because what's interesting, people actually say they just put it in the background on YouTube and listen to us while they're working. We do little tips and tricks in there as well where we show you certain things, but we'd love your feedback and anything that will help us grow and help you better, we would love to know. Speaking of feedback, I want to give a shout out to Sarah. Thanks so much. She sent us a lovely email. She did. With not only, you know, love the show and stuff like that, which we'd love to hear. Thank you for that. But also feedback on topics that she'd like to hear us cover She actually gave us feedback about the website and Sarah, we are making some of those changes in the coming weeks. Also just some some general ways we can improve and we'd love to hear that. So thank you for that. Uh, We love feedback from our listeners. All right. Now quickly, let's go over some quick shots of the week, Craig. And here are a few things of interest. So Microsoft Teams integration is now available in HubSpot. We also have rolling out in public beta is the association label. So this is the associations between companies, objects, and other objects within HubSpot. And what's the next thing, Craig? Well, Inbound 22 is open for registration. Uh, I was looking at inboundcountdown.com today, and I can see it's just over 150 days until the event in September, which might seem like, oh, that's miles away. I'm, I can guarantee you it's going to creep up on us very quickly. That's right. And Google are rolling out new UTM parameters for GA4. And 
HubSpot attribution continues to improve with JShape attribution and new sample reports. So well worth having a look if you have any of the professional versions of HubSpot, professional marketing, should I say. And finally, I discovered off uh, Twitter was Damesh has built a new game that's a bit like Wordle, for those of you who like playing Wordle out there. And he, it was really interesting because we we're like, why would you go and build something that already exists? And Damesh actually said, he read the about page. He said he did it to, to A, just try something new because he, he learns from doing. But he also wanted to show his son who's learning to code that he can build stuff and he can do things and he challenge himself. So well worth reading the about page. I quite really enjoyed it and kind of got me thinking. He's done one thing different. You can create group challenges. Maybe we should create a word, his uh, word game, a hub, hub shots group challenge, Craig. But well worth having a look and expanding your horizons with that. Now, before we jump into this, I thought, Craig, let's go through the things quickly that we're going to do. I gave you a couple at the start, but here's the list of things we're going to talk about. So really, it's about improving our efficiency and impact using HubSpot. So the first thing we're going to talk about is progressive form fields, how to merge contacts, how to view all properties on a contact, how to export contacts, how to pin notes on the HubSpot activity timeline. And this can be across contacts, deals, tickets, etc. How to filter activity timeline items, four tips for using views, how to add a simple feedback pop-up on your site and how to add an NPS survey reminder emails to be done automatically. And a reminder to focus on what you can control and not to believe everything you can read. And that's coming up in the show. So let's start with our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, which is the progressive form fields. All right. I think progressive form fields is a bit of a mouthful and often people think, oh, that's a complex thing. We'll leave that for now. Very simply, it's switching out form fields if they've already filled in one of the forms before. So it's almost like, well, I guess once you understand that, progressive form fields does make sense. I can see why they've named it. But we had a client, they've got marketing enterprise. They've had it for years and I got an email from them. Oh, can we do this progressive form fields thing or do we need to buy that extra? I'm like, no, no, you've got it. I think you get it in pro actually. In professional, correct. Yeah, and it's very easy to do. And I actually want to, almost as a prelude to all the tips we give you tonight, is to say, don't think you have to remember how to do this. Just remember it's possible. And then you can come to the show notes, hubshots.com slash subscribe and get the details. So as you're listening to this in your car or on your walk, just remember it is possible. Don't try and remember how to do it all. But progressive form fields, it's very simple. You add a queue, they call it a queue of fields. So when you're adding the form fields in that particular tab of the form builder, there's an area below where you can queue fields. You just load them up. So a good example might be, let's say on your main form, you've got job title. If that's already filled in, well, no need to show it again next time switch in something else could be their twitter handle could be something else so there's a queue and i've got a screenshot of our standard contact us form we have eight progressive fields that get queued in if they're already filled out quick question craig that people might be thinking is if you've got eight progressive fields does it go sequentially as each one of those are filled out it's in the order that you put them in the queue yeah okay fantastic All right, now let's talk about merging contacts. An easy way to merge contacts is under the actions menu. Now, listeners, 
if you haven't looked under these actions mini for a while, I'd encourage you to do so because you know, there's some very interesting things in there that you might not necessarily have realized are in that menu. And merging is one of them. So when you do and you click merge, the tip here is you want to make sure that the contact you're merging it into is the one you're selecting the merge from the actions property on. And then you search the contact that you want to merge into it on the next screen. Yeah, that actions menu, it, it is often overlooked and it's just hiding away. People don't think to click on it. But yeah, other ones in there, how to view all properties on a contact, how to view property history. So quite often people don't realize that you can see the history of property changes on a contact. Now, they probably know you can hover over a particular field and see the audit history just of that one field. But you can view property history for a contact and see all the properties that have changed. That's there hiding under the actions menu. And there's a few other goodies there as well. But yeah, just have a look at the actions menu. Uh, Lots of power there. And one of the things I'd love to highlight with the property history is to understand sequentially what's taking place and what has happened that caused something to change. Looking at a particular field might tell you when it changed or how it changed, but this will give you a chronological timeline of when that all happened and what was taking place at the time. So one of the bonus items on that actions menu, the follow. Did you realize you could follow a contact? Most people don't. You can actually follow a contact and then get notifications if anything changes to that contact. So if you've got 10 contacts you're really interested in, just go and follow them in HubSpot. Really cool. All right. Next is how to export contacts, Craig. This one often gets missed as well because it's not particularly intuitive where to find it, but it's at the view level. So you go into contacts and you can create views. We're going to talk about views uh, a little bit later, but there's a table actions button drop down and you can export the view. This is really cool because when you export, you can export just the fields in the view. So you set up a view with just the columns you want and it's filtered down to just the contacts you want and then you export that out. Ta-da, done for you. Rather than like a big export that exports out every single field, you do actually have the option of doing that if you want. But Correct. Yeah, very handy. So table actions, that's how you can export. All right. And another one that is really good to do with contacts is to have a view where you've got the original and the latest source. And you can also have the ad interaction source that's taken place. And it's a good place for you to compare and understand how people found you on the last visit. Have they changed channels that they've come to back to you on? And if they've interacted with any ads along the path as well and what that was. So well worth having that as a view just to get an overview of how people are finding you. I think this is so useful because we set these views up for clients and we'll show, oh, look, they came in on paid social. They came back on paid search or they came in on a paid ad originally. Then they came back on direct. They know your brand. They type it directly in for example. So uh, that will come through organic search as well. So there's all these insights. And as you notice, you can have the ads interaction as well. But another uh, big one is email marketing. They come in on money channels, but then email marketing is often what brings them back. Exactly. It just shows you the power of email. Correct. All right. On to our sales tips and features of the week and pinning notes. So here's where you can pin a note to the top of the activity timeline. And you can pin an email and anything else in the timeline to the top there. But we're talking about notes. Now, a note can be pinned to a contact, company, deal, and a ticket activity timeline. So be aware of that. And also listeners, be aware that if you pin a note to the top of the 
contact timeline doesn't mean that the associated, say, ticket deal or company will have that same note pinned to the top of that record. So just be aware of that. And Craig has put a really good one. He's put a picture of myself in the show notes in that note timeline. So when people in his team go to the my contact, they get to see see me there. It's pretty good because, yeah, you can actually put photos into that pin note and it's right at the top. I'll give you another use case. This came up with a client earlier in the week. They've got multiple sales reps that might be touching a contact and it's actually part of the process because they're an education company and they have different training programs. Different sales reps look after different training programs. So one contact might be dealing with multiple sales reps, possibly across, well, different deals actually. But they will pin a note at the top of the contact just with some notes for the other sales reps so that they're not treading on each other's toes or perhaps one sales rep's chatted with the contact and they've mentioned something useful. They'll just put that in the pin notes and then the other sales rep doesn't come along and accidentally ask the same questions or that. So it gives a much better experience for the contact. So that's pin notes. They were blown away with it. And this is an example, by the way, listeners, of something that many people just know about and it's obvious and yeah of course yeah just pin notes and then others you show them and they're like oh this is life-changing so that's why we wanted to mention the show something so simple simple but powerful as hubspot would say that's right and the next thing we're going to talk about is filter activity so now that we've got so much activity happening in the timeline from communication to activity to contact activity to updates integrations as well now it's actually really important to be able to filter to see the activity you need. And when we are on our coaching calls with people often, we will end up filtering timelines to see certain things, to get to the bottom of certain issues that we're finding, or just to understand, okay, well, how many emails have this person interacted with? We can just filter those marketing emails out. So well worth doing that. Again, very powerful. And I just want to mention that real life example with a client this week where I get them to screen share normally and I say, oh, show me your process. What are you doing? They say, oh, well, I go to the contact. Then I scroll back down through their timeline to see when they filled in the form and whether that form had their phone number. And I was like, oh, okay, show me that. And they're going scroll, 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 scroll. So then I just said, oh, just show this filter activity, turn off everything and just show form submissions. I've got yes. a screenshot of that in the show notes. They're like, oh, this is fantastic. So I'm not saying this to make fun of them or anything. I'm just, I think this is common. There's lots of little features in HubSpot that people miss, and this filter activity will save you a lot of time. All right. Now, here's the four quick tips for using views. First one, the more filter. Do you know you can filter your list of contacts down by using any of the properties on a contact? And that's under the more menu. Second one is editing columns. You can edit the layout and list the columns that you want to see. So I use this all the time, Craig. And the final two, Craig? Well, you can save your view. So the saved view includes the filtering and the layout. So it's very powerful. And then you can actually pin your favorite saved views. One thing that I often look at when I, we're chatting with, say, new clients, is like, just show me your views. Okay, uh, now go in, how many saved view, or views do you have, all views? And I'll say there'll be one or two. And I'll go, okay, there's a lot of opportunity for you here. And then others, I'll say, oh, they've got lots, you know, 50 or 100 saved views. I'm like, okay, these people know how to use it. So views is very powerful. I don't think a lot of people use them or know how to do them or they just have one view. So we often train clients and say, okay, here's a a standard set of views to set up, arrange your layout, save them, make them favorites, uh, pin them, and and you can even make your default. So 
Very powerful. We've just covered that as four quick bullet points in the show notes, but very powerful. This changes your whole process. In particular, again, real life example from a recent training session had a client, they were creating a custom report so that they could order the layout of the columns. They were creating a table view custom report and laying out the fields in the report and then exporting that to Excel. So downloading Excel so that they can open up so they could have the layout of the columns they wanted. So then I showed them views. I'm going, do you realize you can just edit columns right here? Change the layout of your columns. Ah, they didn't realize. And again, I'm not making fun of them. I'm not belittling them. It's hidden under table actions. You might not even realize you can do that. You can actually drag around columns. You don't even need to go that edit columns. You can drag them around in the view and then save it. And it saves the layout. So very powerful. Make sure you're using that. All right. And on to our tips in the service part. And so the simple feedback pop up on your site. So if you've been to hubshots.com, you'd have seen a little simple feedback pop up that says, how are you enjoying hubshots with three faces on it? And that is really easy to implement. And I would encourage anyone who's using service professional to do that. It's a little temperature check of the visitors on your site and how they're feeling in this case about listening to the hubshots. Next little tip is to do with NPS surveys. Actually, this is new. Little tip, you can actually send reminders. So if you've signed up for the show notes, you'll get our Hubshots NPS and you'll get a reminder two days later if you haven't filled it out. That's purely because of this new reminder thing. You just tick it on. Very handy. Now, listeners, I do want to tell you, if you have got the NPS survey or you signed up and got it immediately, this was us launching the survey, right? And then we didn't put the right delays in place. And so we went back and changed that when someone actually gave us feedback. So thank you to that person who gave us feedback. This is everything that we do is we're testing and measuring and improving things every week. And so we weren't afraid to launch it, but actually in the in the process of launching this survey, we discovered this new send survey reminder email feature, which we happen to turn on. And so it's a great way to understand what's going on, but to also not be held back from little things that get you going. All right, on to the hospital. Gotcha of the week, Craig. This is a beauty. It's caught out lots of people, caught me out in the past. It relates to lists and triggers and some of the criteria you can use. There is one criteria, or there's a couple, we'll call them negative criteria options. So that's when you choose is none of, or uh, I think there's a few, has never been any of. Yeah. Now, these can get you in trouble. And I'll give you an example of why. Is none of, by default, will only apply to records, e.g. contact records, where that field that you're saying is none of actually has some value. So if it's unknown, it won't be included by default. Let me unpack that just so that you understand. So I've got a nice little example that I've created in the show notes. Let's say... We've got a property on a contact record called who's your favorite James Bond actor, all right? Now, I've got 100 contacts in total in my portal, but we've started going through and 15 people have actually added or have that property filled out. You know, some people have said, I like Roger Moore, others are saying Daniel Craig, whatever. But only 15 of my contacts out of the 100 have any value in them. The rest, it's never been filled out. So then if you do a query that says, is none of, what do you expect? Let's say 15 people have filled out. 
and you say, oh, favourite James Bond actor is none of Roger Moore. Now, five people have said Roger Moore was their favourite actor. Five out of the hundred have said Roger Moore is their favourite actor. If you say is none of, are you expecting to get 95 people or are you actually expecting to get 10? Because 10 people, 15 people have filled it out. I know this sounds complex as I explain it. And if you're trying to listen to this in the car, you're going, what, 10, 15, what, right? It makes sense when you see the show notes. Here's the point. If the other 85 have no of value. my 100 contacts have no value in there, like it's never been filled out, they're actually unknown. That won't be included when you run a query of is none of. All right? So negatives. Now, HubSpot have helpfully put a little tick box under it, which you should tick to include when they're empty. But this catches people all the time. I'll give you a good real-life example, not this contrived one I made for the show notes. People often say, show me all contacts where country is none of Australia, UK, US. And then they get a very small number and they're like, why? We've got tens of thousands of contacts. Why it is so small? This isn't working. And then you find out, actually, there's a whole lot of contacts that have never had a value in the country field. So it didn't get picked up in is none of criteria. That's a common scenario. So I don't want you to really understand all the details listening to the show. I just want you to remember, ah, is none of filtering criteria can get me in trouble. And in the show notes, I've given just a few little workarounds how to get over it. One of the ways to do different groupings. And the other way is we often do positive. So rather than say, is none of Roger Moore, we'll create a list that says contains Roger Moore and then do a a list exclusion. We'll say contacts where they are not part of that list. So it's a much safer way. Just remember, is none of criteria will get you in trouble. It's a gotcha It causes big problems for our clients. Remember that and then come to the show notes and you'll get an example of how to fix it. All right. Inside of the week, Craig, focus on what you can control. I don't know about you, Ian, but do you feel like the world is on fire and it seems almost pointless sometimes just doing our little things? So I've got this great image in the show notes, the world on fire, and then here's me just tending my little garden with my little rake while, you know, the crops are just burning around me. It can feel like that at times. We've got global conflicts. We've got pandemics. You know, this has been going on for years and some people are just so fed up. I just want to remind people, this is me preaching to myself, really. Focus on what you can control. That's all you've got to do. Focus on what you can control and that you have skills to provide impact to society and clients and team and family too. Just focus on that. That's the reminder. Message to myself there. I have to keep reminding myself of that. Hopefully that's helpful to listeners too. All right, quick thoughts of the week. Don't believe everything you read by experts. Uh, Just a link here to a Twitter thread. I just want to highlight this. I think people know this intuitive, but you can get sucked into reading stuff on a high-profile marketing site, for example, that, you know, paid professional writers and things. Just got a link here where an engineer from Google has said, no, that's wrong. You know, they were giving SEO advice and the Google engineers just chimed in and said, actually, that's wrong. I wish they'd change that, right? So don't believe everything you read. This can be problematic. We often get clients who kind of send us stuff. Oh yeah, what about this? I saw this on a site and we have to go, no, that's not actually correct. It's kind of like, uh, you know, people Google medical issues and then they go to their doctor and tell the doctor what's wrong with them. And the doctor's kind of got to go, yeah, okay. I've got to, got to, got to compete with a Google diagnosis. It can be like that at times. That's one thing. But then the other thing I, I had a quick thought, comparison blog posts. 
got a link here. I won't go through it all, but this is from Landingy or Landingy, I think they pronounce it, which is a landing page builder, which we use actually for a lot of our clients. So do we. Clients. <laughs> do you use it as well? Yeah. Landingy? I think yeah, we started using it at the same time, Craig. Yeah. It's a great tool. It is. You, in fact, you might've even put me onto this tool. It's a great yes. tool. So no problems with the tool at all. But what I'm highlighting is the blog post they've written. They've compared themselves to HubSpot and they've tried to say, here's all the ways that Landingy is better than HubSpot. And I'm like, this is an absolute dog's breakfast of a blog post. Just about every point they've talked about, they're wrong. Like they said, oh, HubSpot can't do this. And then no, every single you know point, they're like, yeah, HubSpot can do that. So I've provided a bullet point list of all the things they got wrong in the article because I was just, I got carried away with getting annoyed about it. But then the point of all this is they've gone down in my estimation because I used to really like them. I thought they wrote great content, great product. Here they've tried to to write one of these comparison blog posts. You know, this is to try and catch traffic where people say, oh, alternatives, you know, HubSpot alternative, et cetera. They're trying to rank for that. I get their strategy, but the execution is terrible. And I'm just like, oh man, this is really disappointing. I used to have so much respect for this company. And one blog post that is so wrong has, I guess, changed that reputation in my mind. So what's the takeaway for listeners? Be very careful about trotting out content that's, you know, to meet a strategy, but execution is way under par. So yeah, there we go. All right. On to our quote of the week. Never ask anyone for their opinion, forecast or recommendations. Just ask them for what they have or don't have in their portfolio. And this is from... Nassim Nicholas Taleb, who I think we've quoted a few times and from his book, Anti-Fragile, on page 389. Yeah. So in this particular quote, he's talking about getting investment advice and reading commentators. You see this all the time in the paper. That's right. I don't re- as soon as investment advice makes it to the mainstream newspaper, I kind of feel like, oh, yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's just, you know, recurgitated thing. So he's saying, just show me your portfolio, you know, skin in the game. Correct. And I really like that. Skin in the game. So that applies not just to investing, of course, but this is what we try to do and do in the show, Ian. It's like, we, you know, I try not to just spout opinions that we haven't tested or we haven't yes. tried or that we're not doing ourselves. I try and have skin in the game. Do that with everything. Do it in life. Do it in the software you're investing in, the friendships you're investing in. Yeah. Very well said, Craig. Well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed the show with the quick tips. Again, the idea is not to remember how to do each one of them. Just be aware that it can be done or where those little nuances are and you can come back to the show notes to actually get stuff done. Well, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please connect with myself on LinkedIn. Sign up for the show notes and then you can reply and Craig, that goes directly to Craig and we would love to hear from you with any feedback that you have because it helps us to help you better. Well, Craig, until next week. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.